Hi, it's Randy G with the Holistic Health Hotline. It's Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to all of you veterans. What does Happy Veterans Day mean? I'm a veteran, and it's um, it's not a happy day. It is a holiday, um, and the banks are closed, all those things. But people don't really understand what Veterans Day is all about. You know, the very first um, war, World War One, the big war, like they called it. They never thought there'd be a war bigger than that got the United States involved slowly in other people's affairs and um, and and we helped out our friends in World War one we had flyers there we did all kinds of things and when armistice day happened that's the day that everybody laid down their arms um, that was proclaimed the 11th hour of the 11th month um, on the 11th day when no more arms would be raised in war that was Armistice Day. It was changed to Veterans Day many years later after we got into another war, World War II, and then changed again um, as time went on and we got involved with Vietnam. Uh, and I was a, a Marine. I'm a Vietnam era veteran, and um, I'm not the first in my family to had wanted at the age of 18 to serve my country. My uh, father and all of his brothers served served in World War II. My great-great-grandfather on my mother's father's side was a general in the Revolutionary War. Um, and it's not that we like war. You know, nobody likes war. You don't like conflict at home. You don't like war with your kids. Nobody likes war. But the problem is, is that war happens, and it has been happening since the beginning of time. When people need or want other people's land or when they disagree with religions. There are wars. Most feminist women believe that wars come from male minds only, but after I saw what happened with Sarah Palin during this election, I believe that women have now adopted uh, the warlike ways of men and and look at everything around them as being something that they covet, that they are that they are envious of, that they hate, they turn all of their their um, fear of not being good enough into hatred. That's not what veterans are about, and I don't think, unless you're a veteran, that you can understand how a veteran feels. Um, it's not this I, I loved killing stuff. It's not you know. <laughs> It has nothing to do with wars, actually. It's love of country. It's unconditional love of the country that you live in. And that unconditional love leads you to a place that where you believe that if you give part of yourself to that country, that you are helping your whole family, the whole entire world is your family. And, and you know you are. And you also know that freedom is the name of your family and that that you are in service to your country to protect the freedom of that country this particular country in particular <laughs> because the United States you know when we went through the Revolutionary War we went through it so that people here could be free um, and that and then in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, all those things have made America the wonderful country that it is that I was allowed to grow up in. Um, but those things are all going to change, unfortunately. And I don't know if 
that means that all the veterans of the United States will have to go into service to protect their freedoms again, and this time on our own soil. I don't, I don't know. Um, things do come full circle most of the time. It doesn't matter if it has, you, you know, your mind comes full circle when you process things. Your body will go full circle or die, depending on what you are doing to heal it. Your, your spirit um, often goes full circle too. We're taught to believe in God or Jesus or whoever, and um, and then we fight that for some time, and then we come back around again, and we think we believe, but we don't have faith. We believe, but we don't have faith. Almost impossible, because if you truly believe from your heart, then you do have faith. But the point is, is that everything goes full circle, and so I believe that our history will also go full circle. Um, and that's very sad to me. It's a solemn day for me. There are so many, so many veterans out there who are um, maimed, um, debilitated. And it doesn't matter if it's physical. Um, there's a lot of mental and emotional tragedy that has happened to to those who have fought for the freedom of our country. Now, those of you who are having a problem with this, I know why. We're in what the Democrats keep calling two wars. The Republicans of old, that don't exist anymore, would remember that there was one war. It's called the War on Terror. And after we were attacked, everybody was all set to fight the War on Terror until they decided that we must have attacked ourselves and that the War on Terror was useless and we should go be friendly to everybody else who hates us and, and turn the other cheek. <clears throat> Um, so our veterans, our people who are fighting the wars, are not appreciated for what they're doing because, again, people can't figure out what we're fighting for. Well, wars are difficult to figure out. That's just the way it is. It's not that there's anything profoundly hidden or secretive. Um, we, as a nation, after World War I, became more involved in global affairs. We were basically isolationists before that. And uh, we were still kind of isolationists even after World War I, but because of what the Nazis were doing in World War II and millions of letters from Jewish people who were being oppressed and persecuted and killed um, before we entered the war, before Japan attacked us, we finally started to get involved for many, many months. Um, those things were going on in Europe and, and the United States kind of stayed out of it. But then we got involved because we said, you know, we can't let all this happen around us and, and just stay here and, and pretend it's not happening. So we got involved and we became the liberators. We, we were the mighty force that came in and liberated the Jews and um, stopped the Nazi and German aggression across Europe and that's how the British became even better friends of ours and because they were being totally destroyed by Germany. And um, uh, unfortunately used a huge bomb to stop the aggression of Japan, but Japanese people will now tell you that many hate the United States, but many more hate aggression, and they will never go into wars again after what happened. Um, and so we, we, we have all taught each other lessons around these things. Now, Vietnam, a whole other story, of course. Uh, that was brought on by people who um, look to America to make more money through war. And 
rebuilds the budget through wars. It provides jobs for people when we have wars, uh, you know, because we build airplanes and ships and tanks and uh, all those kinds of things. It drives capitalism. And, of course, then there's this, this, this egotistical thing that we're supposed to be someplace because now we're the great freedom fighters. And so Vietnam was a tough one because... The communists were in the north, and the South Vietnamese were saying, "Help us, help us!" And so we go to help, and um, and then our leadership pulls us out of there, and the South gets inundated by the North all over again, and and did not leave a good taste in anybody's mouth on either side. So our veterans came home and got spat at, and and you know cussed at, and everything else as baby killers and and other things. <clears throat> when I first got uh, went on leave after boot camp, I was pretty proud. I mean, I, I wanted to serve my country. This is my country. I love my country with all my heart. And um, made it through boot camp, which was not an easy thing to do. Marine Corps boot camp is not easy. It was Paris Island, South Carolina. And um, wore my uniform back to my hometown, went to see friends from high school who were entering college or working or whatever. And none of my friends wanted to talk to me because they had been propagandized to the point of believing that anybody in uniform was no good and they couldn't believe that I had done such a thing as join the service. Well, just the words the service were important in my heart. Um, you know, 19, in the 19, early 1960s when Kennedy was president, one of the things that he said was, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. That's because he came from a family who had served and and even though he was a Democrat and everybody wanted all these programs from the government to come through the Democratic hands and provide freebies for everyone, he still understood that, that a country cannot survive unless people serve their country. Um, so I came home from boot camp and, and was stunned at how people treated me and then was shipped off to an electronic school in, in California and um, did all the things I was supposed to do. As time went on, around the third year of my service, many of my friends had been killed or or were missing or came home very sick or were maimed. And, um, and I started rethinking my whole approach to and belief system in Vietnam. And I, and I knew that because of our government, because of our non-leadership, that we were losing that war. And it didn't mean to me, let's just go home and put up the white flag. It meant, what are we doing wrong? What are we supposed to be doing? What is our um, our goal and our mission in Vietnam? And I think that's what was missing, is people had no idea who, what the outcome was supposed to be. In World War One and World War Two, the stopping of aggression of other, other countries into into peaceful countries was a mission. Um, in Vietnam, we weren't sure. In the uh, the first <laughs> Gulf War, um, our mission was to get Saddam Hussein out of uh, Kuwait, and the reason was because Kuwait was a very and is a very rich oil rich country, who were and are friends of ours. So they asked for help, so we went and um, used our shock and awe methods of, of totally debilitating Saddam's army in Kuwait and had a lot of Gulf War veterans, Gulf War um, military people, come home with Gulf War disease. Part of the reason being that there's other 
weapons out there that we are not aware of that are being used against us constantly, which are chemical and affect our bodies and, and our minds, and um, and then the spirit behind it, because we went in and we got Saddam out of Kuwait, but then we stopped, and we didn't finish what we should have done, which was to take him into custody and uh, and stop his aggression and, and try him for war crimes and what he did to the Kuwaiti people and his own people. And we didn't do that. So little Georgie Bush W. gets into office um, eight years later and decides to finish his father's war one way or another. And got the excuse once Al-Qaeda attacked us on 9-11, and you can believe it's an inside job. I believe there was a lot of people from Al-Qaeda or operatives or cells who were inside the towers because I lost seven friends in the towers, and one of them who got out and remembered words I had told him and left the tower on time <clears throat> told me long stories about how all of a sudden the exit doors were closed and the voices on the loudspeakers were not the same and people were told to stay at their desks and things like that. It's not an American inside job, but it was definitely, there were people inside. So everybody was ready to go get bin Laden. And it took, do you remember, it took almost 10 weeks to get our troops together to get to Afghanistan. By then, of course, everybody's buried, hidden, and uh, burrowed deeper into um, uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan and all those places. So we go over there and we do our thing and it doesn't quite work. So we leave troops on the ground. And now we realize we better go get Saddam because he's providing things for people. Um, Saddam and Pak I mean, Iraq and Pakistan, Iran, they're all together trying to wipe us out as Americans. And so we go over there and we're doing our thing. Now we're going to leave Iraq and put more troops in Afghanistan and continue doing the the things that we believe we should do to maintain freedom and there'll be more and more veterans coming home because of that it's complicated and uh you know at, at one time during the vietnam war while i was in the marines i was in an anti-war march did that mean that i hated the military or hated my country no it meant that i disagreed with the war and i and i I thought that we needed to do something else, um, or at least get people home so they stopped dying. But it didn't mean that I thought we should leave the, v the South Vietnamese, the South Vietnamese, to whatever their future was going to be without us. And it didn't mean I thought we should come home with this honor. It didn't mean that I thought um, that we had made a mistake and gone to Vietnam for no reason. We didn't make a mistake. Processes are processes. Everything is a process. And at the time, it was time to go. Just like during World War II, we processed what was happening to Jewish people. We didn't really have televisions and things like that, like Joe Biden thinks we had. But, because, you know, nobody really had television until 1949. But, um, but we had news reels and news stories that said this is what's happening over there. And um, and we stayed kind of aware but not too aware until it got to the point where we were too aware and we said we have to go. And and we started sending some observers and, and advisors and same thing we do with Vietnam. This was the beginning of World War II. And then we got attacked and we weren't ready. We we had sold or sent all of our planes to the British to help them fight the Germans and we had not funded anything 
to protect ourselves because we didn't think anybody would ever attack us. And so we we did all these things, and a, and a general named Hap Arnold um, finally built an Air Force and and uh, and developed the B-29. And after several years of, of horrible things, we we stopped the war. We we used a weapon to stop the war. Now, a lot of you were saying, yeah, that was horrible, we shouldn't have done that, but okay. I mean, if you look at your family, you look at your home, your apartment, wherever you are, your friends, if they're all in this building, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there is a force of people around you who want to break in, kill you, destroy all your stuff, what do you do? Do you just sit there and say, okay? Do you try to talk to them over tea? Do you unconditionally say whatever, just, you know, whenever you're ready to talk, let me know and I'll, and I'll talk to you? Or do you stand with your fist clenched or grab a gun or do what you need to do to protect yourself and to protect the freedom of living in your home? It's complicated, isn't it? What would you do? What would you do if that happened in your home with your family? See, I look at America as my home. America is my family. And when America gets attacked from anywhere, whether it's internally or externally, whether we have revolts on our own soil because people are trying to take over our way of life or have stopped our way of life, or we have to go to somewhere else to fight for what we believe in as our country, which is the country everyone wants to come to, um, you have to make a decision. Is it right or wrong? And if it's my family, if it's my home, I don't think about it. It comes from my heart. It says, my heart says, protect this. Protect this freedom. Protect the way of life that we live. And, um, and that means I'll die for it. That means that I give me liberty or give me death. So the old Patrick Henry thing um, and I would and I have said that just recently that if if things happen in this country like I believe they are going to where freedoms are being taken away and the youth of our country start marching to a different drummer I will die for my country not the country that's being made now but the country that was I will lay my life down for that the same way I lay my life down for God or Jesus I would die if that's what I needed to do to maintain that freedom. And there wouldn't be a second thought about it. It's my family. It's my home. And if you are attacking it from whatever side you are doing it from and using whatever power you think you have, I will use whatever power I have in my faith, in my God, to protect that. This is one nation under God, or it is for now. It was... Um, a country, a country born with a lot of suffering and pain. But once it was born, people pledged allegiance to that country. And they saluted that flag. I still do. I'm now able, I am told as of last year, to stand at attention and actually use a military salute rather than just put my hand on my heart. It used to not be allowed unless you were in uniform and active duty, but as a veteran I can now do that, and believe me, I will. Uh, how many of you will? How many of you will stand at attention and put your hand on your heart or salute your flag? How many of you have served your country? How many of you would? 
When you can't answer those questions, you need to sit back and understand that serving your country is serving God. How many of you serve God? How many of you serve freedom and the right that goes with those freedoms of um, being able to speak what you want to speak, march when you want to march, watch what you want to watch, hear what you want to hear, but still know that it's your family and no one else can say those things. You know, my little kids, when I brought them up, I said, you can talk about us to me. You can talk about your brothers, your sisters, who anybody within the family that you need to, to process through any kind of upset or emotional things or fights about toys or whatever. But if anyone else says anything about your family, you stop them. Because this is your family. You don't let them attack your family. Don't let them do it internally either. Don't let one kid out of five, you know, stand up and say, we're going to destroy the family. Don't let them do it. Because this is your family. This is where your heart goes. If you have fought for your family, if you have fought for your rights to be an American and what that American uh, label means, you know, like truth and honesty and integrity and all those good things that America used to be, if you fought for those, then you too are a veteran. If you have never fought for them and you disagree with fighting for them, please leave my country. Please go somewhere else. This is the United States of America. Not the United, you know, Socialist State of America. Not the United Communist State of America. Not the, uh, the Marxist State of America or the Stalinist State of America. This is the United States of America. My great-great-grandfather fought in the revolution so that you all could listen to podcasts and um, use the Internet and watch television and wear the clothes that you want to wear and have the ability to buy them. Um, live in houses with just a single family instead of 20. Not be um, persecuted, not be starved to death, not be burned in ovens. We fought for all of those things, okay? We fought to get away from King George, who was a, a terrible dictator. And, and we maintain that fight always. Watch your country, watch what's happening. Watch what's happening around you and to your friends and, and, and become a servant to your country. Fight for the things that we should be fighting for. Don't stop doing that because when you do, you'll be led to the ovens. And I don't want you led to the ovens. Nobody wants to be led to the ovens. Um, you find a veteran out there, go give him a hug and a salute or just a hug if you don't know how to salute. For all of you other veterans out there, know that um, you're not just appreciated, you're remembered. And it's remembering why we did the things we did, why we put on the uniform, why we stood so proudly as we salute the flag in the morning or at dusk, um, why we cry at parades, why when we hear the Star Spangled Banner, our hearts weep. It's why when we used to pledge allegiance to the flag in school and say one nation under God, that we still had a tear in our eye even at the age of six. We didn't always know why, but we knew what it felt like. And that's what being a veteran is all about. Some of it is within our souls. Some of it's within our minds. All of it is within our lives. Um, it's Veterans Day. Remember what that means. 
as you look at everything around you and do the things that you're doing, figure out how you can serve your country. Not serve the president, not serve the new president, not serve the little boys out there from Chicago, but to serve your country. To serve what this country has stood for for more than 200 years. Be in service. Be in service to yourself and to your family while you do that. Kind of a solemn one, and, and um, you know, I don't like to do these all the time, but there just doesn't seem to be any reason to talk to you about colds and sniffles and sore throats. I've done those podcasts. We have a spiritual and emotional sickness that's happening to so many right now about all of the processes that are happening around us. Become a veteran. Not, that doesn't mean go join the Marines, but become a veteran. Fight for the things you believe in. Fight hard. Don't be complacent. Don't be apathetic. Um, put on whatever you need to put on that becomes your uniform and earn your medals. Earn your wings. Become who you need to be. This is Raina G. Go to earthwalk-usa.com.